Welcome in to the At The Yard podcast. We have a special guest for you today. Jared Halpert of Harvard Westlake is going to join us. We'll take a look at the 2019 season, his time with the USA 15U national team this summer, and take a look ahead at next season as the Wolverines look to drive to another CIF title game. All that and much more coming up on episode 30 of At The Yard podcast. Jared, welcome in, man. I'm really pumped to have you here on the podcast. It's been a wild last six months for you. Uh, you have been in international country. You have uh, played in Dodger Stadium, and you have welcomed some new members of the family. And man, so how are you holding up, bud? Oh man, uh, surviving. I'm doing that. That that's for sure. Uh, you know, if it wasn't for uh... If it wasn't for my wife and family and, and the coaches that uh, I get to surround myself with every day, I, I know that that would not be the case. But I'm I'm here, man. Thanks for having me. I'm really, really pumped up to have the opportunity to come on here and do this with you. And, and uh, you know, we'll probably do it at the end as well, man. But I, I just I can't thank you enough for what you're doing for for the sport, for our area, for our kids. Um you know, I know that you are also uh, in a position of some selflessness and, and a lot of sacrifices are made. So, man, I, I just from from everybody in our area, I just want to say how uh, how grateful we are for what you're doing. Man, that that means a lot to, to me coming from you, buddy. And I, I really, really appreciate you uh, bringing that up. But let's jump back into the uh, the 2019 season here for Harvard Westlake. Uh, yeah. Quite the quite the run there. Right. I mean, at the end, ended in Dodger Stadium. You know, obviously it didn't go the way you guys wanted to, uh, sure. but, but quite the run for you guys. Just talk a little bit about kind of how that team came together. I saw you guys early up at Thousand Oaks, uh, and you kind of got some hints there of some guys uh, that were going to be solid contributors for you. And, you know, sure enough, come, you know, down the stretch, those dudes really stepped up for you guys. So, you know, tell us a little bit about just kind of the, the season, the team, you know, and, and you know, obviously uh, the rush that it was to play in Dodger Stadium. Yeah, uh, <laughs> there's a lot there, man. You know, the this group and, and like many groups before it have been unfortunately hit with injury bugs. And, and I know that, you know, we all know that that's a part of baseball and part of seasons. And we're most certainly not the only program that's been hit with it. Um, you know, it just so happens that we lose uh, our number two arm to to some health issues, and and the same thing goes for, you know, what we thought was going to be uh, a likely candidate at the catching position, and Thomas McCaffrey is a junior. So, you know, like we preach, and like you kind of have to do in this game, is it's it's uh, the show's got to go on, and it's hopefully, um, you know, you've got some characters and some personalities that can carry on the who's next. Uh, and and keep that train moving. Um, you know, we definitely like to preach that our level of expectation is is never going to change. Uh, it's it's just going to be uh, you know who's who's going to get the job done. And like you're referencing, you know, Jacob Galloway, the 138 pound soaking wet freshman who's going to jump in there and have to manage a staff filled with uh, Sam Labokis and Bryant Reeses and Jack Hassett's you know, coming from all different angles, uh, and, and pretty dynamic stuff. You know, we were, we were holding our breath there for a little bit, uh, and to the credit of, of that young man and, and his teammates, um, and, and to the credit of 
Thomas McCaffrey um, really taking it upon himself to, to grab that kid, even though he was essentially fending his position and, uh, you know, putting him in a position for success and helping him and guiding and instructing. So, you know, we, we definitely had the fortune of being able to uh, still hold our standards high and accomplish some, th- some things that we wanted to. Um, you know, the season in general was, you know, just talk about a roller coaster, man. Um, you know, we, we start out pretty, uh, pretty successful there. Um, we run into our, our first loss in the Mission League and whatever, I don't know how many games it was, but you know, that was some un, uncharted territory for a little while at Chaminade. Um, getting to go to NHSI and, uh, you know, battle, battle against some, some very tough, formidable opponents and, and great programs from around the country. Uh, was an, an amazing, uh, experience that, you know, we've been able to do three times and all three times we've unfortunately come up short and you know, that's kind of how the season went at times. It was like, uh, the battle of the comeback, you know? Uh, I, I think the number at the end of the season was you know, we had 12 victories where we had to come from behind in the fourth inning on. And, you know, like like many coaches in our area that are seeking out, you know, the stiffest competition in the preseason and trying to put together a challenging uh, spring season to to get their kids ready, you know, for what we're hoping is going to be a uh, you know, a long and healthy postseason run, being being that it's one and done. Um, you know, we uh, we had that we had that opportunity. We we faced some really difficult defeats. I mean, shoot, I, I think we left you know we left North Carolina with our tail between our legs there at the NHSI. You know, um, thought we were ready to go, and and you know the stage got a little too big for us. And and no uh, no discredit to obviously to Orange Lutheran uh, and and Borba and his group there you know, uh, one of the best programs in the country, um, it was too big for us. And they, you know, they punched us in the mouth and we, we had, you know, we had no answer. Um, which, you know, all of those things are just experiences and, and, and getting to compile those experiences and then translate and, and, you know, use those, uh, unfortunate, you know, cases to, 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 you know, to your advantage later on, um, you know, is something that we try to, uh, you know, to impose on the kids and, you know, lo and behold, we, we get, uh, you know, we get that opportunity late in the season, um, you know, get, get the comeback game against Valencia to, to kick off the playoffs, which, you know, I, I think our kids would like that no other way and getting to, getting to put Sam back on the bump, you know, to face those guys was, uh, was a great, uh, a great opportunity. You know, and then running the gauntlet of Ayala to Olu to Huntington Beach, you know, I mean, my, my goodness, if uh, if you designed it to be difficult, you know, I'm not sure any of those teams are exchanged, right, for, for, <laughs> for any others. So, no, you're right. You know, they, they, they couldn't have, you couldn't design it to be any more difficult, right? But, right. you know, Jared, you, you touched on something there in the Mission League and you know, a lot of people are familiar with the Mission League just from the outside looking in, right? And, and typically what they'll say is, oh, it's the private school league up in L.A. And, you know, those guys are you have some advantages that others don't. You Putting that sure. aside, putting that aside, um, you know, I had the opportunity to come see you guys against Notre Dame that last week. And, 
Yeah. For, for, for somebody who's never been to a Harvard-Westlake-Notre Dame baseball game, how, how do you describe that? Because, I mean, I know how I would describe it. And to me, I mean, to me, sitting at Notre Dame Stadium there watching that, I mean, that had all the buildup, the feel of an elimination game in the regionals or the super regionals. I mean, is that fair? I mean, hey, man, I, if if you don't like competition and, and that's not what gets you up in the morning, like you, you're doing the wrong thing with your life. Right. Like if you're if you're a baseball coach and that doesn't give you tingles, because I'm I'm my hair is standing up right now, man. Like I can't wait to go back to Notre Dame this year. And you know what? It's just it's the competition. Right. It, it could be anybody, man. Chaminade, Alamany. I mean, St. Francis. St. Francis had a six nothing in the sixth inning this year or, or, or we were trailing six runs to St. Francis. So it isn't just Notre Dame. Um, you know, every, every one of these schools is just is packed with talent. It's ultra competitive. We're you know, we, we've changed that model to go three games uh, a week in league now, which obviously adds a whole new dynamic to depth and you know, adjustments and, and, you know, second and even third catching. Um, man, that Notre Dame was fun though, wasn't it? That, that oh, was, man. <laughs> oh, man. you know, it, it didn't, it, it, it obviously didn't end the way we wanted it to, but, but you know what I, I got to say to my kids and I, I share that with them is that, you know, it, it's not often the game gets to support um, what, I, I, I preach and, and I'm sure everyone's preaching it, right? Like I'm not, I'm not saying anything new or different, but you know, I, I'm always telling them like, man, just, just go play, you know, put your heart out there and just go for it. And if you do that and, and you, and you play together and you, and you play with everything you got, I mean, who really cares what the result is? Like we all want to win, but, but this is about competition, right? Like this is why we're doing this. We're not doing this for the W's. We're doing this because it's fun to lace the, the steel on the bottom of your feet and go toe to toe, right. With, with, with somebody that's, that's a formidable opponent. So, you know, my kids are down, we're all down, right? Like, let's, let's be real. Like we're bummed out, man. We just, you know, we just lost the mission league, you know, they're, they're kind of, they're kind of stealing our little celebration thing that we do. They're smeared it in our face. And, and, and you know what, rightfully so, but like, man, I was so proud of my guys. I mean, we ended that game on a, I believe it's the winning run in Drew Bowser at the plate, uh, hitting a absolute missile that, you know, Bacchiero has to make this unbelievable diving play down the line to end the game. So, you know, at not, no not, point, not, not to mention that it was like a 10 pitch or 11 pitch. At right. Bat, one of right, the best man. at bats I've seen yeah. all season. Yeah. So like we, we knuckled up, like, we don't want to lose, but heck man, I like, I, I walked out of there with my chest up. Like guys, we, you gotta, you gotta use this and remember what that was because we're about to get into what we've been preparing for back in October, right? Which is here, here comes, here comes the gauntlet. Here comes the one and done, and you know, you you gotta have that thick skin, man. You gotta have that armor that you've been building up all year, and and you know, we 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 unfortunately ran into, you know, I think I was calling him a bull. That day that I saw you out at South, uh, where did I see you? Who was I scouting, man? I don't know. You, oh, you know, that I'm, was yeah, that was the La Mirada, La Mirada Miracosta game. The La Mirada Miracosta, and, and I look down the line and I and I see Rapetti, and Rapetti is at this game, 
And the only reason why I know it's him is because I saw the video of the, I think it was the Ukaipa game where he's screaming after, you know, the victory. And I'm like, you know, yeah, man, like this is the mirror right here, right? Like th- th- this kid's kind of like us, like he, he's a bull. He's not, he's not afraid of anything. And he's out here kind of scouting who he's about to chalk up next to. So, you know, we, we knew that we were, we were getting what we wanted. If we could draw it up, it would have been Cyprus. It would have been Rapetti. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm heartbroken for my kids and my, my families and my program that, you know, I couldn't make right decisions to help us to that victory. Um, you know, I, I wish I could have made better decisions for us and, and maybe prepared us a little bit better. So we, we could have been on the right side of it, but man, like, what a glorious, what a glorious final game in a division one finals, you know, and, and, and a lot of respect to, to the guy leading the other side, you know, John is, uh, he's a bull in his own right, man. And, and I got a lot of respect for those guys. Um, you know, but like, uh, like fighters do, like we're, we're not at the bit to go get back at them, you know, and, and we want, we want to rematch and we want to rematch on that stage. So, um, you know, that's twisting the knife there, man. Let me take this knife out of my hip. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you often hear that that players mirror the personalities of their teams. And, you know, you just mentioned Webb and certainly, you know, Cyprus's program, uh, you know, has done that. And, and you see it, obviously, with Harvard-Westlake, too, right? I mean, you're not the most animated guy per se like you're very kind of even keel but once the game starts like it's almost as though you know you flip a switch and you see that in your players too what I mean what is it about that or or how is it that you you know kind of do that because dude you get after it during the games I've seen it you get fired up and rightfully so in most cases and you know sometimes you're just trying to fire up your guys but I mean, how do you do that as a coach to get guys to, obviously, you know, everybody's bought into what you're doing for the most part, I would assume, but yeah. how do you get guys to kind of, you know, have that same mentality, that same attitude, that same view of the game and make it as important as it is to you, uh, you know, for, you know, even the last guy on the bench? Yeah. Uh I don't know, man. I, I, you know, I, am just myself. Um, and, and I, and I think you have to just be yourself. If, if, if I tried to be like somebody else, I, I think the kids would sniff that out, you know, um, b- being real. I mean, kids, kids are, it's not kids. I, and I hate saying that, you know, people like people can read people, you, you know, when somebody's BS, right? Like, you know, when somebody's full of it. So, And they know that when I'm quiet and I'm trying to like, you know, when we've got some admin walking around the field and we've got our little verb for like, (laughs) hey, we got to change our language and we got to clean it up. Like they can tell, too. They're like, coach, you're so fake right now. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But, you know, that that's how it is. So I don't know. Um, You know, I I came from a place uh, and I I would be ashamed if if I didn't get the opportunity to to bring up Tom Musborn and, and what what he was for all of us because Chatsworth High School for many, many years, um, forget the success because it had too much of it. Um, and like, that was a place of like, we were breeding, like 
we were breeding wins, man. We were, we were breeding victory and, and we were breeding this competitive fire. And, and it was so, it was so attractive and, and intoxicating. And like, I guess it comes from there. I know what it can do for a young man. I know, I know that it can propel a young man to do amazing things, you know, forget on the field because that's the easy stuff, but just in life, you know, and, and Tom, Tom Usborne, forget one of the best baseball minds and one of the best motivators and tacticians of the game. Cause I really think he is, but like, man, that guy was just, he knew how to, he knew how to, you know, change men. Like he, he was such a role model for us and he held us to such a higher standard that I don't know. I, I guess I'm trying to just, you know, mirror that, um, unintentionally. I, I just, uh, I know the power of it and I know how, you know, how successful it can be in any regard to your life. So I guess I'm, I'm just, you know, trying to continue that flame on and, and hold the torch from, from what he taught us. Um, you know, man, it's also a choice. I, I'm driving home from Arizona and, you know, one of the other travels that I've got to do and I get to listen to Andy Lopez with uh, Schiedinger on that ABCA podcast, even though he's, you know, he's obviously not doing that anymore. And, you know, something that I say to my kids and I, I was so happy to hear him say it like, man, this is a choice. Like you, you choose to be tough. You know, no one's born tough. And I've got my way of saying that to my kids and I, I can't share it with you because it is a little more, um, a little more vulgar, but like no one comes out tough, right? Like we're all little mama's boys and, and that mama boy attitude and that soft mentality, like you're going to be challenged with that from, the first day of your life until the last. So like, this is about making choices and choosing to be tough and choosing that, you know, today is the day that I'm going to arrive to the yard with the, you know, the best intent and concentration that I can. And, and, you know, um, try to echo that, man. I just, you know, trying to, trying to echo that it's a choice. You, you, you choose to be what you want. Yeah. And, and I'm glad you brought up coach Museborn because I was going to obviously talk about your time there at Chatsworth and, you know, I mean, look, I grew up in San Diego and I didn't move up to this area until 2001. But even being in San Diego, you knew about Chatsworth baseball. I mean, you just, oh, knew, dude. You, you just, you knew about it, right? And I mean, San Diego's no slouch for high school baseball, but mm. I mean, holy smokes. I mean, when my coach, of, you know, he'd been at our program for, I think, 30 years when I finished, 32 years, when he talks about, you know, winning baseball and he brings up Chatsworth baseball, it's like, well, you know, who the hell is Chatsworth and where the hell is Chatsworth, right? I mean, that's my first reaction, right? Being this yeah, man. kid from San Diego. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm glad you brought that up. But let's stay there for a minute. So you finish Chatsworth, you go over to CSUN, and then you transfer to Fresno uh, where you played some ball. And, and, you know, then after that, dude, three years as a firefighter like what what happened after playing pro yeah. ball or college ball yeah. excuse me that led you to <laughs> fight fires for three years well you know let let's not let's not uh i appreciate you saying i played ball at Fresno, but man i i i i was i was helping that that's that's what my role was um but but thanks for that uh <laughs> But yeah, hey, man, but you know, I mean, every I, every team has those guys, right? I mean, every yeah, but, team but, has those guys. But I, I'd be lying through my teeth if I told you that I was a good team guy when I was a player when I wasn't playing, man. And that's the bottom line truth. I, I I'm not going to say that you should be. I'm just 
you know, my fire burns bright, man. And, and I was a competitor and I wanted the team to win, but man, I could have done, I could have done so much more and I could have been so much better for, for my guys. Um, you know, looking back on my life and it's, it's probably one of the only regrets that I have is, you know, who and what I was when I wasn't playing because, you know, I could have helped. I could have, I could have made a better impact, but. So how do you, how do you deal with that as a coach now? Well, I just get to use it. You know, I, I get to look at the kids, you know, that are at the bottom of that, you know, that, that lineup when the game starts and like have a real conversation with them and talk about like, man, I, I actually, unfortunately, like I do know what you're going through right now. And here's how you can do this, you know? Um, and, and I, I guess, uh, you know, divine or not, um, at least I'd like to, you know, I'd like to think it is that way. And we probably all do. And we probably all should that I'm coaching for a reason because I, I got to deal with the suck of this game. And when you get to deal with the difficult, the real difficult, the heartbreak, you know, and, and, uh, trying times of baseball, I think you can like now you have a real foundation to help somebody, you know, when you can, when you can actually relate to a kid, um, you know, Hey man, Jack Flaherty is not going to be able to relate to one kid in high school. Let's be honest. Like, dude, you're one of the, you're one of the best players in the history of this game. You know, you're going to be able to help the next big leaguer because that's where you're at. But, you know, I get to help the, uh, you know, the average schmo kid that's like, just got a, you know, bunch of heart and wants to just get after it. So, yeah, that no, that's that. That's you know, awesome, I mean, right? it's it's that it's that kind of been there, done that, right? I mean, learn from yeah, my exp- learn from my experiences, so you don't repeat the make the make the same mistakes, right? It's, it's parenting essentially, right? I mean, Exa- that's, man, it's basically it's, what you're doing. Exactly, and and one of the best things Mike Bates will you know ever shared with me, and it and unfortunately it happened when I was a fifth year, and I was just you know bringing coffee to the guys that were actually coaching. Um, but he was like, "Help, like you know." what's wrong with just being a really good high school player or just being a really good college player, you know, like go on and be a really good dad and be a really good brother and a really good teammate. And, you know, when you're, when you're 21 years old and, you know, your dreams have just been crushed of, of, you know, playing this game at at the highest level, like it's a little harder to, to really take that in and use that. But, man, I, I'm, I'm saying it to you now, like I, I still held on to that and it's the truth. Like, what's wrong with just being a really good high school baseball player and then go on and be a really good business owner and then be a kick-ass dad and, and be an unbelievable husband. And like that, that's what, that's what baseball is. You know, baseball isn't world series championships, man. That's fantasy land. Like that's, that's another place. This is, this game is about the dirt. You know, it's about, it's about being a good human being. So yeah, you're going, way, going way too philosophical on you. No, sorry, no, but. man. We've had this discussion before, right? I mean, yeah. you and I have talked about, dude, there's nothing wrong with being a good high school player. If your career ends yeah. here, it ends there, dude. There's so much more to life than right. just playing baseball, right? So yeah. it just yeah. cracks me up. So, talking about more to life than playing baseball, tell us the story about being a firefighter and what. Oh, man. What, yeah. What, what went you on know, there? I, <laughs> I, I was. I, I don't want to say I was a thrill junkie because I, I wasn't a thrill junkie, but I was, I was, a I was a competitive junkie and I wanted to help people and I wanted to still, still use, uh, you know, my, my physicality and 
uh, I, I'd taken a fire science class at Fresno and the brownouts happened and that's a whole other story, but I got hooked up with some former Chatsworth baseball players, uh, that were fighting. You know, they were, they were working for the government. They were wildland firefighters up in Northern California in the Plumas forest, uh, east of Chico there. And, uh, I got hooked up with them and, and got on and, you know, I, I guess the rest is kind of history. Um, saw some crazy things, you know, put, put myself physically in, in some positions that, you know, are, are, are for another, you know, another time and place of, of story. Um, but, but it, it, it didn't fit me because it was about competition and, and it was about, you know, really trying to, to, I don't know, to help, I guess. Um, it, it just wasn't there for me. So coming, coming back seasonally, uh, I got hooked up with with who was my best friend for a long time, um, you know, dating back even to pre-high school and, and Joe Guntz and, and Ryan Barba, um, the couple couple chats with teammates of mine. Uh, they were coaching, you know, and it was like, hey, come, why don't you come out and come check it out and got, got back in touch with LaCour, who was an assistant at Chatsworth when I was there. Um, you know, and the rest is the rest is kind of history here, but. Yeah, so so you you joined the staff there in 2011 at Harvard Westlake. You're named the head coach in 16, correct? 2016. Yeah, I okay. think, man. I don't know. It's all a blur right <laughs> now. I don't, I don't even know, man. <laughs> well, so you're named you're named the head coach a few years later when Matt, you know, takes the move up into the AD into the AD role. Yeah, you, know, you you guys obviously had just you've had tremendous success. Um, yeah. You know, none more than obviously that 2013 year winning it all uh, at Dodger Stadium. But let's 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 go back a year uh, prior to that. You know, sure. much as much has been made, obviously, during the MLB playoffs of, you know, the big trio of pitchers uh, right. coming out of Harvard Westlake. But, you know, then you and I just kind of touched on it here a minute ago about yesterday's game. You know, you got Max facing Jack as his first yeah. hitter. I mean, what was that like as a coach, you know, as just somebody who was around those guys? I mean, what what were your feelings and your emotions? Because I got to imagine that, you know, you're it's like yeah. a proud father moment, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I was a kid when when they were here. And, and, and I, I have to say that, you know, Matt, Matt was, you know, Matt was the head and I had so much to learn, um, you know, like many coaches, uh, obviously starting their career out. I, I was still like, I was still trying to be friends with the guys and I was concerned about some things that, that weren't, uh, that weren't really going to benefit them. Um, you know, in, in their journey, just, just being so green and so young. So I, I can't say that it was like a, a father moment. I know Matt feels that way. I mean, he, shoot, he was, you know, like we said, he's at the game and he hasn't missed the game, you know, when it, when it comes to Jack and Gio and Max and, and even Arden and, and, and the rest of the guys that are still playing. I mean, he, he, I know how much he loves them. I'll be honest, man. I was literally like, Jack, you competitive SOB, you stand in the back corner of the box and don't take one swing because if you, if you pull an oblique right here, trying to hit a freaking double against Max and you don't get to go out on the mound or you, or you hurt yourself for, for whatever's next. Because at that point, I think it was like, was it six, nothing, or that was the sixth run. You know, yeah, it was like, yeah. dude, can you please just, just, just don't swing. And you could see it in Jack's face. Like he's got his batting gloves on and we're, we're always like, 
dude, just just stop. Stop trying to be a hitter, okay? You're a pitcher. <laughs> like, just hang it up and, you know, and do do what God has put you on this earth to do. But, you know, to uh, it was fun, man. It's a lot of fun. And I, I can't wait. You know, the banter, I'm sure, will, will have died down by that time. But those guys come back here uh, in their off season, which feels like it starts the day after their season ends. Those guys work so hard and, and just so relentlessly. But, you know, I can't wait to hear the the the, the banter back and forth when when they do get here. And, and believe me that I'm going to I'm going to spark that flame up again, you know, and. Uh, those those guys have a lot of fun with each other, so that's yeah, can, what I'm looking forward to, man. I, I can only imagine. Let, let, let's shift gears a little bit, uh, Jared. Yeah. This summer, you had the opportunity to be an assistant coach for the 15U national team, gold medal winning 15U national team. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, you know, we hear so much about USA baseball, and you know, we hear so much about uh, you know how it's just. Uh, an incredible, incredible experience. Obviously, you know, we're, we're pretty close with, with Borba as well, who was the head coach for the 12U team for a while. I've known some other guys that have coached within that program. And, you know, to a man, they say that it's just the best experience they've ever had on a baseball field. But take us through the process. For, for those that don't know, you know, what's the process like for kids to – you know, be identified, to be selected, and then ultimately be a part of the team. And then, you know, well, I'll, I'm sure I'll have some follow-ups there, but, uh, you know, then I, I want to get your take just on your individual experience, you know, as part of the collective. Sure. I, I, um, I'm going to try to answer it chronologically here. So, you know, it, it's ever-changing, right? Obviously, the, the landscape for, for summer and for club and for recruiting and even for USA Baseball – like it's ever changing and it's always trying to get better. So right now the current the current format is there are these smaller individual identification um, opportunities, um, you know, obviously beginning, gosh, I don't know. I think we're down into like the eight year olds, you know, where we're where at least offering an opportunity to just be identified. And, and I think that's really important. Um, Moving into, you know, the 10s and 11s and preparing for the 12U national team and then and then pass that into that 15 range where I, I did obviously get a little bit more inside look. Um, the immediate year, if you were eligible for that 15s, right, there's the, the East Championship that's in Florida. There's the West Championship. Uh, and then there's then there's some identification um, opportunities where, you know, uh, guys can also be selected from. From those three essential pools, uh, a 70-man group is compiled to go to trials. And trials takes place in North Carolina at the USA Baseball facility that's owned by the, the town of Cary. Uh, we're whittling down in four days, uh, excuse me, five days, 70 to 32. Whittling down is a really insensitive way to put it too. And I, and I apologize because it's, it, it really is. And I'll, I'll get to that in a second because that, that really hit me harder than anything. Um, and then 32 down to that final 20, the, the following, you know, four or five days of games that the final selections are made. And, you know, I, I really do say it's insensitive and it's, and it is the, it is not true. The whittled down phrase because 
the emotion and the care and the effort that that every single kid is putting in while he's out there, um, you know, to not have your name called and 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 you know, with with the adults the same man. Like there was a bunch of tears. There there were there were so many tears coming from forget the kids from the adults because we know how much these kids want this and we know how hard how hard they're working for it. Um, you know, it really is a it's the most difficult part of of that entire process is telling a kid and, and it's always echoed and it, and it is at the absolute truth, you know, Hey man, this isn't that you're not good enough. It's just that, you know, right now, um, the team that we are putting together, um, you, you know, you didn't essentially fit a role that, that was needed. And, and it is the, it's the honest to God's truth that, you know, that, that really is what, the adults that are manning that group are doing, you know, Troy Cameron this year was to the best of his ability. We were searching out 20 of the right kids to go win a gold medal. And, you know, that, that can be difficult. We left, man, less, I think we left three or four 90 mile an hour arms at home and we left one 93 mile an hour arm at home. I mean, talk about a, a talent at 15 years old. You know, and, and it just the, the pieces that we were looking for and what we had, it, it made sense to take other parts. And, you know, you, you hope you're making right decisions and, and you hope that it comes out um, how you imagine it. You know, fortunately, it did. And, and we were able to, uh, you know, at times there by the skin of our teeth, <laughs> to bring, bring home that gold medal. Um, what an experience, man. I. I I think the the length of it, you know, because once we once we've selected the twenty, I guess I left that out. We select the twenty, and then what's what is new this year was we regroup weeks later, um, almost three full weeks later. We then regroup for five days in Texas, and then ship off to Mexico. So having that gap. Um, I really put from the guys that, that obviously had more experience than I, um, that definitely put a, a twist on the process. You know, you're, you're used to being on the field with them during trials and you're, you know, you're working on things that are going to, that are going to be some team concepts when, when you do head over into Mexico, those, you know, those few that you can implement and, and going from that to, all right, guys, see you in three weeks. Um, you know, trying to stay in touch over the phone and trying to stay in touch maybe with some video and email like that, that made it really difficult. Um, you know, which I know, I know USA is evaluating and maybe trying to either shrink that gap or lengthen the time that, that, you know, we were in Texas to be able to, uh, to iron some things out, but trying, man, really, really difficult, you know? And, uh, fortunately for, for us, uh, Ashley Bratcher and, and the rest of that staff and Chuck and Ben and Brett, um, they're animals, man. They really are. That, that USA staff is, is something else. And, uh, you know, the tireless work that they put in to, to make this whole thing possible, it, it really is impressive. And, you know, cliche as it is, man, I'm just I really am grateful for the opportunity to, you know, to, to, to carry on, to be, to be a part of that next group of guys that's going to represent the country, uh, and, uh, and, you know, hopefully bring home, um, the gold, which obviously we, we were able to do, um, you know, it does, it means a lot. 
Oh, yeah, I'm sure. And and I, I'm glad you, you said that last point because you, know, you had the opportunity this year to share that with a player, a current player for Harvard West like Kai Caranto, you know, a freshman in your program who, you know, you get to kind of kick off your relationship per se with yeah. him with by winning a gold medal, you know, right. and you'll you'll have him for four four years in your program. I mean, did that add anything extra for you personally and, and him? I'm sure it, you know, brought you guys a whole heck of a lot closer together, right? It did. It, it most certainly did. Um, you know, <laughs> being being the assistant and and really trying to, um, you know, there, there's another component element to that is being an assistant there and, you know, knowing your boundaries and your limits. Um, you know, I, I had to learn that quickly, too. I think we all, you know, we all did that, that, uh, that were assistants for for Troy. Um, you know, there were a couple times where I wanted a hammer, Kai Caranto. Um, but you know, Hey, we're not at Harvard Westlake. We're, we're, we're wearing, <laughs> we're wearing some USA stuff and, uh, you know, there's a time and a place for that. So our relationship definitely, uh, it definitely did kick off and obviously it kicked off in one of the coolest ways that it can. Um, you know, since being home, I think if you asked him, he'd probably tell you that it's, it's changed a little bit, you know, a, a little, a little, a little bit. Honeymoon is over, right? Yeah. Like buddy, we got, we got a lot of things to work on here. So, you know, um, great kid though, man. He, uh, he's, he's thirsty. He really is. He, he wants some of it. And you know, I think he's like a three time repeat offender for USA baseball. And, and I, I see no reason why he won't be in the be in the mix at least to try to make that next 20 man for the next guys that that uh, carry the torch so really really proud of him he's a he's a fantastic young man great parents and the, the kid has been raised uh, exceptionally well really appreciate what his parents have done for him thus far and you know, we're, we're pumped to have him a part of the program yeah very very good player very solid family that's for sure uh, absolutely Jared, Jared let's shift gears a little bit to recruiting and and you know you, you brought up Jacob Galloway and uh, you know, when I went and saw you guys at Thousand Oaks, you, you gave me a little bit of a heads up on him and said, hey, you know, keep an eye on him. And then I see you guys at the end of the season and he's one of your best hitters. Uh, yeah. So you, you were pretty spot on on him. But, you know, the world of recruiting has sped up so much. Right. And and now yep. you've got guys, you know, like a Kai Caranto, who is a freshman, is probably already garnering some interest from from colleges. Uh, you know, what's your take on that? I mean, I'm just just curious because obviously at Harvard Westlake, you know, there's expectations that have been set from coaches prior to you. You know, it's sure. a little bit of a different kind of animal, right? I mean, we've had this conversation about, you know, they're they're just your players, uh, you know, off the field. There's an expectation about where you're going to go to college, uh, yeah. you know, let alone about baseball. So, what's your take on kind of the direction of recruiting? you know, where it's going now uh, and, you know, how that impacts, you know, you uh, as the head coach at Harvard Westlake, where there is those off the field expectations where it's, you know, essentially, you know, Ivy League type level schools where, you know, that's where you're kind of expected to go to school. Yeah. Um, it's changed, but I, I guess I could say it's changed with with the times. Right. And and. Uh, 
you know, be, because of, of programs, you know, and, and businesses uh, and services like, like PBR and these recruiting services and, and, and the, the landscape of information, you know, the world is, it continues to shrink, right? And um, more kids are being exposed to, to more eyes. And I think Harvard Westlake in the past had a little bit easier job reaching out to that high academic, um, you know, certain resource area that we would essentially uh, call a niche for us, um, you know, it, it's not as that gap isn't as great as it used to be. You know, what I'm what I'm trying to impose upon the parents on the on the first side of that is, which I think should be everywhere, you know, winning baseball games and successful program here um, doesn't doesn't mean anything for for schools. Uh, you know, they're they're glad that, you know, maybe a kid they're recruiting comes from a place that's had some success or maybe some structure. Uh, but, but in terms of what they're looking for, right, they're, they're looking for a piece to their puzzle. So I think what makes it difficult just in our specific situation is, you know, we, we, could, we could have some success as a team and, and, you know, families and players are wondering, you know, well, why, why is that catcher committed somewhere and I'm not? Or why is that pitcher third baseman committed somewhere and I'm not when, you know, we just beat them, you know, or my, my kid had a better game than he did. Um, I think that's what, you know, of the aesthetics of it, it, it makes it a little bit uh, trying. Um, but we really just, uh, you know, we really just try to unveil, you know, the, the workings behind the scenes. And it, it really is, you know, does your son fit their puzzle? Um, you know, what, what, what I am grateful for is, um, you know, the resources that we do have here and, and we do have the opportunity to get our kids in front of schools and we do have the ability to travel a little bit more. And, you know, when the, when the East coast high academic D threes, when, when they don't have the, you know, they don't have the means to fly out here, you know, three or four times a year, um, we might, you know, and, and all we can really do and all I can really do is, is continue to to stay on top of, you know, what that recruiting scene is and, and, um, you know, what their rules are and, and how, you know, how to best offer an opportunity for, for our kids at Harvard Westlake and, and really even the kids in our area. And that's, that's what we're, that's what we're trying to do is we're still trying to promote, you know, Southern California baseball really, really is the best baseball in the world. And I, I firmly believe that. So. Yeah. You'll get no argument from me on that, on that take whatsoever. You know, and it, I guess my, my whole thing on it is, uh, you know, you have players that are very good players and you had one of them in Ryan Shrek who yep. basically balled through the cracks because he's not what he was, what he is as a senior is not who he was as a freshman, which is what you want development right. and growth and right. kid getting better, you know, For and sure. then, so then, you know, you're kind of, left scrambling there last minute to try to find this guy a spot to play. And then what does he do? He goes out and he has a phenomenal season in the ACC at Duke, right? right as a freshman. Right. So, right. I mean, that's got to be a little bit of a challenge, you know, you know, even a frustrating challenge for, for head coaches. I mean, I know the guys that I, that I brought this up to, you know, they think that that's the biggest downside of what's happening in the recruiting world. Yeah. I don't disagree. I, I just, you know, we all react that way. Um, we, we all react in a way that, that is, is supporting our immediate frustrations. And, and I'm not, I'm not saying I'm, I'm impartial to that. I, I I'm right in the same boat, but 
I just think we, you know, we have to stay, we have to stay in line with our objective there because the, the objective, the objective was to get, to get RJ Shrek where he belonged, right? Like that, that was the objective. And although it was a little more of a difficult road and there were some bumps and there were some things that maybe I or, or the outside world, you know, didn't understand or agree with. Um, we kept, we kept at it and, you know, I, I just grateful for the support from you because that was a huge component of it, uh, from guys like Chucky Fick and Chucky Fick was grinding for RJ Shrek, um, for, you know, for Rody. I mean, Rody's across the country grinding for RJ, you know, and, and, Fortunately, and, and I think that's what it comes down to is, you know, Duke just they had a piece of their puzzle that they could, you know, they could afford to take uh, a risk on RJ. And whether I think it's a risk or or, you know, or you do or or we don't think it's a risk at all, we, we might call it a guarantee. Um, it doesn't matter. And I totally respect that. I really do. You know, uh, Put, putting a program together and making right decisions and pulling pulling the right trigger at times like man that's we're talking about people's livelihood and their jobs and their families so I would never <clears throat> I would never uh, I would never question outside and or longer than five seconds of time you know in, in what a what a coach or what a program or even what the landscape thinks of a player because you know we're, we're talking about we're talking about things that are you know the livelihood of, of individuals. So I'm fortunate for RJ. I'm, you know, I'm frustrated for maybe those that fall into the same category type that he was in that may not get that opportunity, but you know what, um, find it, you know, find a new path then, you know, if, if, if Duke was the one and only, and it didn't work out for you, you know, Hey man, go, go to a D three and tear it up, you know, go, go to a division two, go to a junior college and, and tear it up. And I think, that can be frustrating at first. Um, obviously, you know, level of expectation and desires may not may not meet that uh, that path. But the bottom line is, if, if baseball is what you want to do, um, you know, you you can't let one closed door shut the whole process down. So right, and I, and I think you you hit the nail on the head there. The the level of expectation and desires sometimes are are just out of whack, right? And, yep. and there's there's a number of reasons for that, but you know, I can't tell you how often I hear, well, my son's a division one player. Well, you know, in my experiences, he's not. And, you know, that's okay. It's okay to go mm-hmm. to a D2 school that's has is wildly successful and puts out pro players. It's okay to do that. Uh, right. But I just think, you know, the, the expectations don't match the desires. Uh, but, you know, a guy that has a ton of expectations – uh, on him is you know our the number one player in the country for us and obviously PCA uh, Pete Crow sure. Armstrong there your center fielder uh, yeah, who's that you, guy <laughs> yeah who who is that guy right yeah. you know and 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 you shared with me uh, when I saw you at a thousand oaks and you shared with me his plan for the summer man yeah. that made me so happy and, yeah. and you know I don't know Pete and he doesn't know me but. It was, it was like, man, that kid gets it. And, you know, and he did exactly what you told me his plan was. And it was just awesome. And, you know, I I think that that was the coolest thing, but let's stay on Pete for a second. And, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, you know, have you ever had a player like him? Uh, You know, what, what is it that makes him as special 
as he is. You know, let's skip that first question. We'll come back because I'm going to phrase it differently. Okay. But, but what is it about PCA? You know, that just that makes him a special player because I go back to that catch, ironically enough, that he made at Notre Dame yeah. uh, two years ago, not last year, but when he was a sophomore. Uh, that catch in center field where he threw an absolute missile to home to nail the guy tagging from third, or sorry, two third, tagging from second from the second base side of the outfield was one of the best plays I've ever seen a center fielder in high school make. But what is it about him that just makes that that makes him special and, and makes him separates him from others? Yeah. He's so good, man. <laughs> um, so, so, good. so it's it's you know, he's so good and, and honestly, man, and I, you know, you know that I am I am an open book and I'm very honest, you know. He, he he is so good and and honestly he also sucks like he sucks at times and he does silly things and like he's a kid right like he's he's he was 16 and all right little technical difficulties there but hey we're back well so we were, yeah. we were talking about about pd and you said you know he, he he's a kid right sometimes he goofs around makes mistakes but you know you were we were getting to the point about what makes him special and kind of what separates yeah. him from others yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, it, I don't want to take anything away from Pete because because he, he is so special and and his heart is so beautiful, man. And he is such a competitor. He's fierce. He he doesn't give he doesn't give an inch. He really doesn't. Even even when it's to a fault, um, he doesn't give an inch. And, and I think guys like Jack Flaherty, you know, that that, that I've seen and, and obviously, you know, there's there's some others that, you know, you they wear it on their sleeve. The Max Scherzers, who are just ultra competitive, you know, in, in times of, um, you know, Petey, Petey shares that. I, I, but, you know, what I was getting at was, you know, pr- product of product of the people he's around, you know, and, and RJ Shrek. One of the best things I think for Pete Crow Armstrong's career was he had to, he was second to this guy that wasn't as fast, wasn't as good. Uh, I mean, the only thing, you know, RJ didn't do anything better than Pete did. Pete threw harder, ran faster, hit it further. Um, but RJ was smarter. RJ was tougher. Uh, RJ's reads were better. RJ was a, was a more cognizant offensive player. I mean, RJ was telling us, you know, what the plan is off this guy because he just, he just got two at bats and here it is, man, let's just do this. And we've got this guy. And, you know, Pete essentially being forced to take a back seat to to somebody that, you know, forget just raw ability, just a baseball player was better than him, really helped him kind of sharpen his tool and and really improve his game. So, you know, guys, uh, guys in the program, I, I think that affect each other, you know, is is a, is a big reason why Pete is is who he is and what what he can do. Yeah. So. Is that something, you know, I mean, I can't imagine, you know, that, that you sit there and say, hey, you got to take this guy under your wing and do that. Maybe you do that, you know, once every several years. But I mean, yeah. is that just something that's kind of innate, you know, with guys that go sure. through the program? Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we, we've all come here, like, like every program, I, I, at least that's what I imagine. But we, we all show up here, adults, kids trainers, athletic directors, and this is our mission. This is our goal. Here's what we want to accomplish. 
And if you're like-minded and you want to be a part of that, then this is where you belong. And when that happens, I, I just, you know, it takes care of itself. It really does. Um, you know, when, when the younger guys come in as green as they are, the Carantos and the Lozanos and, you know, they just, they don't know, um, the older guys show them, you know, Hey man, this is, this is how we do this here. This is, you know, you diving after that ground ball and kind of actually just falling after it. And then, you know, slowly standing back up and maybe being ready for the next one. Like they're getting, they're getting murdered for that. Right. Like they're, they're just getting grilled by their teammates and that that's not how we do things. And goes into the classroom too, you know, how you talk to teachers, how you enter a room, you know, are you acknowledging the adult when you walk in a room, you know, when, when a freshman walks into the clubhouse and walks by three coaches, um, the players are attacking them before we are now, you know, Hey man, you, you say, you acknowledge the coach when you walk into the room, you acknowledge the adult. Um, so, you know, Pete, Pete is, is, uh, is just a part of that. And, and, you know, when you combine, you know, what his teammates and his coaches and Sean Court and Joe Guntz and, you know, these guys that have been coaching them for years are able to impose upon them. Um, you know, you get this, get this pretty cool dude. Yeah, no doubt. And another guy that's, that kind of fits that bill is, you know, obviously your shortstop Drew Bowser, who, uh, yeah. you know, is, is a pretty darn good player in his own right. And we talked about that at bat there that ended the Notre Dame game. I want to say it was it was somewhere in the neighborhood of an 11 12 pitch at bat 10 10 to 12 but I mean that at bat I think showed me more about Drew as a hitter or a potential hitter mm-hmm. uh, than I think I'd seen before right I mean because again I go back to that Thousand Oaks game he kind of scuffled a little bit uh you know he had yep. he had the one knock there uh and he kind of scuffled a bit, but then you see him later in the season. And then, I mean, holy hell, help. I mean, he took that into the summer. And, dude, I mean, was oh, yeah. was lights out. I mean, at area code games, he was one of the better oh, hitters yeah. for the Brewers. You know, he goes off and he, he does his thing, uh, you know, even at the, the USA Baseball stuff where he got an opportunity. I mean, he made yeah. the most of that opportunity, right? I mean, this is a yeah. guy who I think – is just starting to scratch the surface, although he's a known guy. He's, you know, very good player. Am I far off on that? Do you think, or do you think that, that he's kind of, he, he is, which is crazy to say this, right? Because a guy of this caliber doesn't like win the, uh, most improved award, right? Like that, (laughs) like Drew Bowser doesn't, doesn't win the most improved award. Like, you know, the, the kid that was a junior on JV wins the most approved award. Um, dude, Drew Bowser has gotten so much better every year. It, it's it's shocking. And 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 I, I don't know what his ceiling is, man, because he hasn't right, he hasn't shown to like slow down. He gets back here, he goes through winter, and it's like, oh man, you can do that now too, right? Like <laughs> you you ho- ho- holy hell, kid, like you you haven't slowed down for a, for a second and really is fun to watch him grow, man. It's been, it's been, it's been such a fun experience between the two of them and, and how completely different they are. And at the same time, um, as close as they are in, in, in friendship and in, you know, in their mission and their goal and what they're trying to do with, with their lives and their baseball career. But yeah, Drew, Drew Bowser is. Man, I don't know what the ceiling is for that kid either. Les, he 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 is 
he is very special. Well, it's funny you say that because I, after the area code games, you know, we just kind of internally were discussing players and, you know, we obviously discussed him quite a bit and it, that was the same take. It's like, okay, what's his ceiling? Is, is his ceiling, you know, a, a career minor leaguer? Is his ceiling a, you know, a platoon infielder in the big leagues? Or is his ceiling, yeah. or is his ceiling the Hall of Fame? I mean, you have I mean, you, <laughs> right, right. you really have no idea right. because just watching him for the last few years, you're like, okay, yeah, there's been some points where, you know, there's been some, you know, a little bit of a da- a little bit of a down point, right? And it's just kind of like, right, right, all right, right, but holy hell, I mean, what he did to end the summer was was really really impressive. I mean, you're right. I mean, what is the guy's ceiling? Right. So yeah. so let, let's move. I gone. No, no, I, I, to, you know, totally agree, man. Yeah, it's a let, let, fun to watch. Yeah, very fun to watch. Let, let's go on to uh, twenty twenty. Let, let, let's fast forward. Yeah. Let's fast forward a bit. You guys, you put together, I'm sure, another very strong fall winter schedule, um, yep. and, and you know, so we'll be seeing you guys out in the fall and the winter. But let's fast forward to the spring season. Uh, you know, sure. taking out the the uh, uh, obviously the Mission League and the gauntlet that it is. You know what what do you what are you looking forward to the most uh, in terms of from a team standpoint, uh, and then maybe yeah. some some specific players. You know what you're looking to see from those guys. Yeah. Um, well, we we you know we graduated uh, a very large amount of our of our pitching staff last year, and. You know, for the first time in a long time, um, the depth that that is our staff, uh, quite quite frankly, isn't isn't there. Um, I am I am thrilled, and I cannot wait till we kick this thing off and to get these younger guys an opportunity to go out there. Uh, you know, however you want to you know you want to coin it, make a name for themselves. You know, earn their stripes. Um, we've got some young, hungry dudes that know that it's, it's their turn and it's their opportunity. Um, you know, they're, they're going to be supported by uh, a pretty veteran defense and a pretty veteran offense. Um, you know, we're, we're kind of mapping it out right now and looking at it on the dry erase board of what the potentials are for our, our, you know, our, our defensive positions and, and what our offense could be and who could go where, um, you know, I think we've got a really good blend of veteran guys with a chip on their shoulder and younger guys that are that are really hungry. You know, that are hungry for that competition and and hungry to uh, to make a name for themselves. So, you know, un- unlike last year, where I kind of could say, you know, yeah, we we had you know we had our 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 two unfortunate losses, but. I mean, we kind of knew what we were, right? We, 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 it, it was on the wall early where we were strong and what we were going to be able to do. And this year it's, you know, let's, uh, let's see it, you know, let's, let's go out and prove it. So really looking, looking forward for that. Yeah. And some, some of the younger guys, I think that you would probably, you know, hope that take kind of that next step. We talked a little bit about Galloway, your catcher, and then Becerra on the mound. Um, yeah, I mean, Jordan Kang, uh, obviously a big bat for you. So these guys are going to get their chance, right? And and, right. and I think that uh, something tells me you guys are going to be okay. But you know what? You know what? What do you guys got? You know, in terms of spring break tournaments, 
Uh, you know, what are some of your bigger marquee non-conference games going into 2020? Sure. Uh, well, I uh, I got a chance to hook up with uh, with Coach Burl at, at West Ranch. Um, you know, we've always wanted to, to try to get something going in the springtime, and, and obviously the schedules didn't quite allow it. This year, we are going to play them in a doubleheader at, at USC, so we get uh, we get a chance to go to a, a bigger ballpark with some some lights and you know try to create some of that that playoff atmosphere with the aesthetics of what that is, and then obviously against a, a very strong West Ranch team this year, we're we're really looking forward to that doubleheader, uh, and. Uh, we're changing uh, the beginning of our year. Uh, we, you know, we've been doing the Easton tournament for for a whole, uh, gosh, I don't know, maybe a decade. Uh, we are, I think, we're going to get in the Elks tournament this year. You know, I was talking with with a couple of my my closest uh, professional friends in Orange County, and Brett and Benji and Eric, and um, you know, sounds like a couple of them are going to be able to jump in that Elks tournament. So we're looking we're looking forward to jumping in the Elks and competing in that thing and uh we're actually going to make another run <clears throat> at the nhsi this year so i told eric that uh i don't know if we're going to get a chance to see him but i i really hope we do and and i hope we get a we get a clash again and try to try to rumble one more time out there because that, that would be fun I'm, I'm sure that the language was far different than uh, get a clash <laughs> I didn't say clash. No, I no. didn't say rumble. Uh, sh- there was probably a lot of profanity. Uh, yeah, man. Let's no, be honest. Yeah, no, knowing the both of you guys, I'm sure it was a little different. Uh, <laughs> For all sure. right, help. Before I let you go, we're gonna try. Yeah, we're, you're gonna be my guinea pig here. We're gonna do a quick little rapid fire. Okay. So I got. Oh I, I, God! I, all I, right. I got. I got a bunch of questions for you. We're gonna go rapid cool. fire. You need to snap off an answer, and then I'm gonna let you go get get on with your day. You're, you're gonna get me in trouble, man. That's what you're trying to do now. Now you're trying to get me in trouble. Hey, all right, let's I, go. I just want to have a little fun. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> so we're it. gonna we're gonna start easy, okay? So here we go. All right. Taco Bell or Del Taco? Oh, Del Taco. Favorite sports team? Angels. Go to shower song. Oh. Dude, I'm a heavy metal junkie, honestly. So any Parkway Drive, I'm I'm all in. Nice. Favorite stadium you've been in? Uh, you can't you can't knock the ravine, man. Chavez is the best. Sorry. <laughs> best dancer on the team. <laughs> uh. I think it's Pete, actually. Uh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I don't. I, I'm gonna go with Pete. I'm going with Pete. Best singer on the team. Tyler Gannis, for sure. Favorite vacation spot. <laughs> What's a vacation? <laughs> the baseball field, right? Arizona in the summertime, man. In 120, that's my favorite. Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, Mac or PC? <sighs> See, this is where I get in trouble. Mac. Atta boy. Trackman or Rapsodo? Mmm. Both. Can we do both? Trackman. Uh, uh, college football or the NFL? College. Hands down. Costco or Sam's Club? There was a Sam's Club in Mexico and it and it saved our lives. So just for that, I'm gonna go Sam's Club this time. All right. Stretch or the wind up? Uh, stretch because that means we're on base and we're scoring runs. Small ball or gorilla ball? 
Oh man. I mean, both, right? Like uh, victory. How about is there a C answer to that? Both of them, man. Whatever it takes to get the Come win. Come on, man. You're cheating. All right. La- gorilla ball. Gorilla uh, ball. Come on. Let's beat the ball out of the yard, man. All right. Last one. Pants up or pants yep. down? Pants up all the way. Three quarter. Dirty two. Dirty mids. I want dirty mid pants. Dirty mid top. Three quarter top. Like the Vladdy cutoff, you know, like it's not even professional. You just took scissors and you hacked your long sleeve and it's like that dirty three quarter and no batting gloves. Uh, there, there it is right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. The idea would be, you know, remember those scissors that you get like the the V cut out of it, right? Yeah. You know, like those old school craft yes. scissors. Yeah. Nice. Yes, all right, all right sure. Help, you're off the hot seat, man. I can't I can't thank you enough for doing this dude I, I know you're a busy guy and I, I really appreciate you know you taking time to chat with us and give us some insight into not only your program but your summer and look ahead and you know and you as a coach man I, I really appreciate you coming on um man the love is likewise really appreciate you safe travels I'm sure I'll see you uh you know on this circuit grind of of the year and uh looking forward to uh competing in front of you man all right brother we'll be in touch real soon all right, let's see Big thanks to Jared Halpert, head coach at Harvard Westlake, for joining me on the podcast today. Be sure to check out prepbaseballreport.com slash California for all your news and updates as we head into the fall season. And until next time, we'll see you at the yard.